0: Why, hello there. Today we are going to break down some complicated subject matters around food labels and nutrition and really understanding what you are putting in your body. So as a macro coach, nutrition coach, when I work with clients, these are common questions I get to the point of where these are subjects that I address right when I give someone macronutrients. And I explain these things and because they are a common source of confusion, I thought, I'm going to put this on the podcast and hopefully this will help everybody. Whether you track macros or even if you're not tracking anything, but you're just trying to better understand what you put in your body, the information I share today is going to be really, really helpful because it might help you see why you're stuck, what you're not thinking about, or what you're just unaware of, which all could be affecting your health and how you're feeling, and even your goals of fat loss or building muscle, or even just maintaining your current weight. Maybe some of these things are off and you're not realizing it, and you're wondering why you are gaining. So. I'm hoping that as I break some of these things down, you can see the big picture and look at a food label a little bit more critical, I guess I should say, than you used to. And as always, if this episode is helpful, don't forget to share it on your social media with your friends, family, tag me. I love to see those and even reshare them on my account. That really does make a difference. So don't forget to spread the word so we can help everybody understand some of these confusing pieces when it comes to nutrition a little bit more. And today's show sponsor is Hydro Jug. This is one of my first show sponsors and I have like begged them to stick around because I am such a massive believer in water intake and how it helps us and these are bottles make it so much easier for me as a mother to make sure I'm getting my water in and my children are. There are these big bottles. They're 64 ounces. They have pretty big lids, so it's easy to add in ice and fruit and easy to unscrew, easy to add a straw. And they come, you can buy these like thermos carriers to put around them. So then you're like hands-free where it's a strap that goes around your back. So if you're at the zoo, the park, the pool, no big deal. You bring one hydro jug. Everyone's hydrated. Instead of like six bottles, one for everyone. everyone. Everyone plus a spare because, you know, someone's bottle's too small or someone's bottle's hot. They have all different kinds. My personal favorite right now is their stainless steel one because I live in Arizona and it gets really hot here. So it keeps the water a little bit cooler. And I think that that is. Fantastic. I truly think their bottles are amazing. My husband has one. I have one. They come in three different kinds. As I mentioned, the stainless steel, the glass hydro jug and the pro hydro jug, which is BPA free. You are going to love it. I promise you will. If you use the code simple 10, it gives you 10% off everything on their site. I am a big one of a bottle, the thermos carrier, and a straw because I like all the above, makes it easier to get my water. Some people just like to gulp it, which is nice because then you don't have to do the straw. But HydroJug, it's the best, Simple 10. Again, that is Hydro, H-Y-D-R-O-J-U-G, and that's 10% off with the code SIMPLE10. All right, let's get into the show. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated, and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy, and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I've made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here and I hope you stay a while. Okay, first before I get into the confusing pieces of reading a food label or things you might not be unaware of, obviously we all recognize calories, proteins, carbs and fats, but there's more to the label and understanding how it actually works. Before all of that, and I give you this information, I do want to say that no matter what I teach you today, I do not want you to feel overwhelmed. I want you, if this feels like a lot of information, I want you to pick just one or two things that I mentioned to be aware of and focus on that. I'm going to give a lot of information, a lot of pieces explaining numbers, but just like any Olympic runner who sets a world record, they all start by learning to crawl and then walk slowly. So it all starts slow and we build concept on concept. So do not feel pressure to fully understand every single tiny piece that I explain today. I do not care that you're perfect. I do not care that you implement any of this information or are aware of any of it. But if you can find even just a small small nugget of something that's new or a concept you didn't realize or maybe can understand better, I think it will better help you find more balance and more understanding in your life. And then you can keep building and get better at reading labels and get better at nutrition and being better at finding balance and moderation and all the things. So I just don't want you to feel overwhelmed. And I really felt it was important to start with this little nugget that take tiny pieces of information I give you and run with it and then add on. That's all I expect. All right, so let's get into it. I'm super excited about this now. So you're at the grocery store. You're going to start buying food. You're trying to be healthier. Maybe you already feel like you know a food label really well. Maybe you feel like a food label is a different language and you don't understand any of it. This episode is going to be for all of you. It's going to be all good. So first of all, my first tip whenever you buy anything is to never trust the front of the package, whatever is put on the front. It doesn't matter if the package is telling you it's healthy or it's this or that. You actually need to learn to recognize what's in that food by the label on the back or the lack of the label. So let me explain. For example, licorice. Licorice is delicious. I have nothing against licorice, but licorice on many of its packages promotes low-fat food. Technically, it's low-fat. Someone could read that, and I have had a client read that and think, oh, I thought it was healthy for me because it was low-fat. No. Licorice, you still should flip it over. You should still be aware of the sugar. You should still be aware of those things. That doesn't mean you can't eat it. I think licorice is fantastic, but you have to be aware of the label. Basically, I just want you to understand that the front of the label is trying to sell you, and more so, I want you to be able to have the knowledge to know what's going on on the backside of that label. So first of all, the first thing you need to understand is every label has calories, it has protein, it has fat, and it has carbs. We're going to get into some of those in more detail, especially the carbs, but in general, how it works is the total of the macronutrients so macronutrients means it's foods that your body needs a lot of the micronutrients are listed at the bottom that's like all the vitamins and your body needs just a little bit of those so it's micro macro means your body needs a lot of it and our body needs a lot of macronutrients which are proteins fats and carbs to function the total of the proteins fats and carbs on the label is what equals the calories. So I'm going to explain this. I'm going to give you a quick math breakdown. And I I will also try to add some links in the show notes to like give examples and some websites that I find helpful that explain this as well. But the first thing you need to recognize, and I do have other episodes on this, like episode 21. I break this down where I talk about calories versus macros and really explain that. So you can go back to that episode if you feel like you need some additional help. But I'm going to kind of sum this up quickly. So first, in understanding food and understanding where our calories come from, you have to understand the proteins, fats, and carbs. That's what makes up macronutrients, and that is what people are talking about when they say macro tracking or macro counting. So in that category, for one gram of carbs, that equals four calories. For one gram of protein, that equals four calories. For one gram of fat, that equals nine calories. So if on the back of the label it has three grams of fat, that means that you're going to times three times nine, and that total is going to be the total calories from fat. If it has four grams of carbs, you're going to do four times four, and that equals a total 16 calories, and the total number of calories is coming from carbs. So that is what calories are. It is the sum total of those three areas. So the reason I say it's important that you're able to recognize that, I don't care if you're tracking macros or not, but being able to recognize what is in the food and what macros the food is made up of is very very important. And let me give you an example why. There is a cereal bar company, actually I should say a cereal company that will remain nameless, but they have a in quotes a protein bar on the shelves right now. They call this bar a protein bar on the front of it. Someone could walk by, grab this bar and say, great, this is a protein bar. Andrea says to eat more protein. I'm going to bring this protein bar because it's going to help me build muscle. And they could buy this bar from a really common cereal company and just start eating this bar because the front calls it a protein bar. But if you flip that bar over and you look at the label, and actually do the math that I just talked about, you will see it is not a protein bar. So let me explain. I just gave you the stats of like one gram of carbs equals four calories, one gram of protein equals four calories, one gram of fat equals four calories. This protein bar that's on the shelves that's promoted as a protein bar, because the FDA says they can if they have you know a couple of grams in it, has four grams of protein in it. So if I took those four grams of protein because there's, you know, one to four calories, and times that four grams of protein by four calories, that means in that entire protein bar of the calories, 16 calories are coming from protein. Now, this protein bar, again in parentheses, is like 120 calories. So, majority of the calories are not coming from protein. They're coming from fat and carbs, which again, fat and carbs are not your enemy. They are all very important for you. But if you're reaching for that protein bar thinking you're getting protein, you have been misinformed and you are not. You are getting a little bit, but you're mainly getting fats and carbs, which again, aren't bad, but that's not what you were thinking you were getting. So that is why it is so important to know how to read the back of a label when you are reaching for bars or or anything that says it's healthy make sure that you are able to do that simple math on the back side and again i will link some sites you know so you have some examples and know what is the majority of these calories coming from if you are trying to like not track macros, but like a moderate carb diet, and you flip over a food item and it is showing an intake of 300 calories and you're like, okay, that's fine, whatever. And then if you look a little deeper, you'll see that maybe 50 grams are showing as carbs. Again, carbs aren't the enemy, but you're trying to have a moderately low carb diet. And if 50 of those 300 calories are coming from carbs, that's 200 calories of the 300 coming from carbs. So if you haven't had a ton of carbs that day, great, by all means, have the item, no big deal. But if you maybe at breakfast had a lot more carbs than normal, then maybe that item may not be the best choice for your afternoon snack or for lunch or whatever it is. So even if you're not tracking, the awareness is really important for us to understand and balance things out. A lot of my clients, once they work with me past 12 weeks, I try to teach this method of intuitively eating with macro awareness. I don't believe that people need to track their macros for the rest of their life, but I do believe that being aware of what is in our food is really important. And this is a perfect example. Why? Because if we're kind of trying to keep balance and we're unaware of what's in the food, that's really hard to balance. So, for example, maybe at breakfast you had a higher carb breakfast. No big deal. Maybe you had like a bagel and some, you know, eggs or whatever else. Totally fine. But maybe at lunch to kind of keep that balance, you would maybe want to do a little bit less carbs without tracking. So being aware of what's in the food really matters because it's like in Mean Girls. I know that you've probably seen Mean Girls back in the day we were teenagers and the main character, Regina George, turns over a label and she's trying to read it, a food label that is like in a, another like language and stuff. And she's like, is butter a carb? Because <laughs> she's so unaware. And that's what we wanna try to avoid. You don't have to track macros, but you need to be aware of what is in your food and what is in the label. So knowing how to read that label, knowing how to do that simple math to calculate how much of these calories is coming from fat, how much of these calories are coming from carbs, and how much of these calories are coming from protein can really help create balance and help you pick and choose and mix and match how you want if you're just intuitively eating or if you are tracking macros, help you hit your macros. So either way. So that is number one. You need to know how to read a food label. You need to know how to find how many calories are coming from each macronutrients, and then you can divide that out even by the total number of calories, and it will tell you the percent of that macro in that food. So for example... If you, like I said, there's an item that's 300 calories, let's say 50 grams of carbs, you do the 50 times 4, that's 200 calories, and then you divide that by 300, that means 66% of the macronutrients in that food item is carbs. Again, not bad, but awareness matters. It really makes a difference for us finding balance. So that is my number one Tip, do not read the front of the food label to tell you what's healthy, that tell you what it is. Learn to recognize where the calories are coming from on the back side of the food label and use it for your benefit to create balance based on whatever else you've had that day. Because Moderation is real and balance is real, but we have to know what we're doing and be able to read labels to be able to do that. My next tip is besides knowing how to actually add up, you know, the macronutrients and figure out what calories it's coming from, and this is going to be a little different, you do want to be able to read the ingredients list and make sure what the item says it is, it actually is. So let me tell you a story. A little while ago, I was in the grocery store, and when I get hungry, I start going down like the middle aisles and see what they have. Because let's be honest, most of the whole foods are on the outsides. Those are normally foods without labels because an apple doesn't need a label. It's a whole food. And while it does have proteins, fats, and carbs, and calories, but they aren't typically labeled because they're not processed. So I'm in the chip aisle, and I'm like, oh, sweet potato chips. That sounds fantastic. And so I go to put them in my cart. But before I do, I follow my own rule and I flip over the package and I look at the ingredients list. Here's how the ingredients list works. The item that is listed first is the main ingredient in that food. So if there are 20 ingredients, the first one is the highest ingredients and the last item on the list is the lowest ingredients. So these are sweet potato chips. I'm thinking, great, they're going to be delicious. I flip over the label and it lists sugar, cornmeal, all these random things. And like sweet potato is listed like five or six. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, this is definitely not a great choice because this says it's a sweet potato chip, but really it's a chip that has sweet potato in it. It's not even the main ingredient. And I didn't even realize years ago, I would just say, oh, this is a sweet potato chip. Great. But when I learned that the actual ingredient label goes in order of what's in the food, it helped me make better choices. So then I just went down the aisle and I picked up some more sweet potato chips and I found one where sweet potato was listed in the first couple of ingredients. And that to me meant it actually was what it said it was. And that makes a difference. Also on that food label, if there are tons and tons of words and chemicals, you can can't pronounce, that might be something you want to limit. Um, if you have an autoimmune or if you're having inflammation problems, that might be something you want to cut out. It depends on you. I do like to lean towards buying as much food as I can that doesn't have a label on it. But I also will be the last person to tell you not to because I will be honest, I have plenty of shelf pantry food in my You know, pantry that has labels, that is processed, but I do the best to make sure that there's a decent amount of food in my house that has good labels or no labels and has higher quality ingredients in it, not just macros. Because while macros matter and we want to get the right percents, oftentimes how we feel matters because you have to have some whole foods to feel good because that can affect inflammation and stuff. So it's really a mix of that. And again, I am the la- I do not believe in being perfect. I am the last person to say you have to eat 100% clean. That's not my jam. That's not my vibe. That's not who I am. That's not how I do things. But I just try to be aware and find that balance of those. And so... Reading the ingredient list helps me make sure, okay, I'm getting more of what I think I am. I know it's going in order. This one has a lot of ingredients. that I have no idea what they are. They are crazy words. So maybe I'm going to put that back or I'm going to limit the amount of that that I put in my body in general. And that's good. I'll have it sometimes, but not majority of the time. All right. The next one we're going to get into is... Total carbs versus net carbs. Dun, dun, dun. This is like the battle of the ages. Everyone has an opinion. Before I get into it, I'm going to tell you this is my opinion. This is from my experience coaching. This is from my coach's experience coaching. We do have a handful of coaches on staff. Before I recorded this, we all talked out our experiences and what we thought. We are all on the same page. Not every coach does things exactly the same, but I will explain my thought process On this, on if you are tracking macros, being aware of net carbs versus total carbs. So let me first explain what that is. On the label, you will always see um, a spot where it has total carbs, and that's going to list the total carbs in the food. That is going to include your fiber. That's going to include sugars. That's going to include fake sugars like alcohol sugars. It's going to include everything. Then underneath it, it's going to list fiber, Um, Fiber, there are different kinds of fiber, but fiber in a layman's terms is basically plant-derived food that cannot be broken down by the human digestive system. So fiber, your body doesn't digest the same as it does typical food. So a lot of times labels will show, and I've seen this on a lot of bars especially, but in general, they'll say like four net carbs because there might be 10 grams of fiber in that bar. And especially with people who do keto and some other diets where they're trying to stay low carb, they'll say, well, we only focus on the net carbs because the other fiber is not digestible. Now, that is true, but I kind of want to explain this thought process and how it's tricky and why I have my clients personally track the total carbs and not the net carbs, because the net carbs are the carbs taken with the fiber out, but we do total. So Obviously, fiber, your body doesn't digest totally, but that doesn't make it calorie-free. Calories are still in it, and honestly, fiber adds bulk to the diet. But what many people don't realize is that bacteria in your gut actually feeds off some parts of fiber. So your Bacteria is actually chowing down on this dietary bulk, and it results in the production of short-chain fatty acids, which means that your body can use it. Now, the tricky part is we don't know how much is actually eaten, how much of the gut bacteria is doing this, but this does create the viewpoint that fiber can be counted as calories— And you also got to think about it this way in that everyone's gut biome is very different. So to try to figure out how much of your gut bacteria is actually, you know, feeding on these fibers and how much isn't is pretty much impossible. This is a really tricky subject because this could vary person to person depending on, you know, the gut bacteria and the microbiome. So because of that, not all of that fiber is actually not accounted for. And because it's that tricky, like, is it accounted for? Is it not? What should I do? I suggest that people track total carbs. Some people do take the time to subtract out the fiber if they're tracking macros to try to get the net carbs, but it becomes tricky again because you don't know how accurate that is. Also, someone who is eating, you know, three protein bars a day that's really high fiber, they may be like, oh, I only have 15 net carbs, but really 75 carbs have gone in and you don't know the amount of that that is fully 100% undigestible because of the gut biome and it's the production of of short chain fatty acids. Some research has shown that it's very, very little, and some research has shown that it's more. Some has shown that it's even like a calorie and a half per gram. So it really does vary a lot. We typically suggest that you do track total carbs because it is a little bit more reliable. Also, I do think it is tricky because fiber can have its pros and cons. You definitely do need to have enough fiber to make sure you are not constipated, to make sure that your system doesn't get backed up. Um, That's really, really important. But on the flip side, sometimes because people think, oh, I can just do a lot of net carbs, I get to eat more food because I don't have to track total carbs, they will like pound in protein bars and things with a lot of fiber because they get to eat more food and it adds more bulk to their food. But the issue is on the flip side, if you have too much fiber, it actually makes you puffy and bloated and it becomes hard to pass stools and to have other issues. So there's this fine line where people will be like, oh, I'm going to track net and then I'm just going to eat all the fiber I can so I get more food. And then they just turn into like a puffy bloated mess. So there really is a happy medium that's going to be best. Typically for fiber, you want to have around 20 to 25 grams. Um, When you're going way above that, it can cause the bloating and the constipation. When you're way under that, it also can cause the constipation because it helps with your digestive tract. So I suggest total carbs. I think that that is easier to maintain. There's not as much guesswork and balancing out that fiber intake, making sure you're getting enough because it's good for you, but not like crazily overdoing it. All right, the last tricky thing we're going to talk about today when it comes to food labels, I kind of talked about the calories, being aware, knowing what it's coming from, the list of ingredients, being aware of that, being aware of total carbs versus net carbs and fiber and understanding why that's minused out. Also, the other tricky one is alcohol. Alcohol, alcohol. It is such a complicated one because people look at the labels of alcohol and they're like, what is going on? It's like zero almost of everything, maybe a couple carbs, and then calories, and it's confusing. So let's talk about it. Alcohol is not a macronutrient. Remember, a macronutrient is what you need to survive. It's what you need a lot of. You do not need alcohol to survive, so it doesn't count as a macronutrient. It is a source of calories, but it's empty calories, as in it has no nutritional value or benefit to your body. So it provides energy in the form of calories, but it's not sustainable for sustaining life. There are seven calories per gram of alcohol. So alcohol sits between carbs and protein. Remember, that is one gram equals four calories. And it sits between those and fat, which is nine calories for one gram. So it sits kind of right in the middle of those. And it is a little bit dense for not having any nutritional value at all. It has no, we do not need it to survive. Now here comes the tricky part. Because we don't need it to survive, it's not on the food label and it doesn't explain where those calories are coming from because it's not a macronutrient. So when you look on the label of an alcohol drink, there'll be all these calories listed and then there might show like a couple grams of carbs or, you know, one or two of protein or or fat, depending on the drink. Like it's all different, but typically it's like a couple grams of carbs is the main one. And that confuses people because they're like, oh great, a freebie. I'm tracking macros. It's not in here. Fantastic. And that's not really how it works because we have to account for those empty calories if we choose to have a drink. Now, besides not needing alcohol, There's other factors that kind of play a role in our ability to have progress. If you want to have a drink, that is fantastic. By all means, go for it. But I do like to kind of point out these other pieces that as you have that drink, there are other factors to take into account when you're drinking. For example, oftentimes when we drink alcohol, our food choices become more laid back and we get the munchies and we're eating more things than we normally would if we were not when we overdo alcohol. Also, it negatively impacts our sleep, and alcohol really dehydrates us, and all of those things can affect our ability to lose fat or gain muscle. So, while I am not a drinker personally, I'm not against someone having a drink. I think that it's fantastic if you enjoy that, but I do think you need to be aware of what it's doing, how your body's digesting it, and kind of how to account for it either mentally or actually with tracking. So, I'm going to give you a couple ideas. Even if you are not tracking macros, I think this information would be helpful for you, again, because it creates awareness. And even if you're intuitively eating, awareness matters because I really am a big fan of intuitively eating with macro awareness. But the examples I'm going to give are going to be for tracking macros. When you go to enter that label or like scan something that's alcohol, MyFitnessPal is not going to pull, obviously, any macros, as I've mentioned, or very, very few, but it is going to pull in the calorie amount. So one option is if you have a night where you're like, you know, I want to go out, I want to have a couple drinks, great. So that day, what you can do is you can simply make sure that you hit your protein intake. That is your goal for the day. For my clients, and I've openly talked about this, I typically keep them between 0.8 grams and 1 gram, 1.1 if they're like an extreme athlete. When they are in a cut, if you're sitting in maintenance, you can come a little bit lower to like 0.7 to 1 gram. So I typically do that window per pound of body weight. So you want to make sure you're having enough macros in that window, anywhere from 0.7 to 1.1, depending on if you're in a cut or maintenance for protein. And then you want to make sure that your calorie amount isn't going above what you have been tracking. So, if you have macros, let's say, and your macros are at 1850, and let's say you have 150 grams of protein, I'm just pulling numbers out of the air. You want to make sure that you hit your protein and that you're staying within your calorie window, because again, remember, alcohol isn't going to pull those carbohydrates or the fats or the proteins because that's not really any of those. So that's one way to do it, to just make sure you're staying in your calorie range, you're aware of your protein and make sure you're getting good protein. And that will help you so you don't overdo it and you can have a little bit of freedom. And while I wouldn't do this consistently, it does help kind of bring some balance and awareness. So that's option one if you want to have a night out. Option two, if you are tracking macros and you want to be a little bit more accurate than that, you are actually, it is going to be a little bit more complicated, but you are actually going to break down the calorie amount listed on the alcohol drink you're having by your carbs and fat. So as we talked about, one gram of carbs equals four calories and one gram of fat equals nine calories. So when we break down a label and we look at the ethanol on it, So ethanol, remember we mentioned for one gram is seven calories, that sits right in the middle, but it's not a macronutrient. So what happens is we have to divide that a calorie amount by the fats and the carbs or truly a mix of both is best. So here's an example. And again, I will add some clickable links in the show notes to show you the examples because I know sometimes people are visual learners rather than audio learners. So here's the example. Let's say one gram of carbs equals four calories. And you're looking at a label of wine and it says that four ounces is, I don't know, 130 calories. I'm not a drinker, so I'm not exactly sure, but it lists the calories. What you're gonna do is you're gonna divide that 130 by four, and that is going to give you the grams of carbs to account for. You could also do it with fat. Remember, one gram of fat is equal to nine calories. So let's say you're looking at an alcoholic drink that has 130 calories on it. You're going to divide that by nine, and it's going to give you the number of fat grams to account for. Or you could do a complete mix. You could cut that 130 in half and say like 75 and 80 and do half of those by carbs and half of those by fat. And then you're going to account for the empty calories in your fats and your carbs. Voila! It's a little bit more accurate. You're accounting for it. So those empty calories are now being used and it is a little bit of a better way of tracking. So hopefully with those options, if you want to have a drink sometimes, that's great. No big deal. Enjoy the drink. That's fantastic. But hopefully it helps you realize that they do need to be accounted for. And if you're someone who is having a drink every night or having multiple drinks a night, that it truly is taking up space empty calories in your food intake for food that your body actually needs to build muscle to lose fat or to maintain because those are empty calories. And while it's fantastic for enjoyment, if you enjoy that, you do have to realize that that is taking space for actual needs for your body. So it's not something you want to do every day, multiple times a day, multiple drinks to just be aware of that. In general, you don't want to overdo either of those ideas, whether, you know, you're just tracking the total calories with the protein or kind of like trying to sub out the calories and put them into your fats and carbs only because it's just not as thorough as truly eating proteins, fats and carbs, which your body utilizes better. I am a firm believer that tracking macros is better for your body than calories, and both of those kind of lean towards calorie tracking, which is perfect for a you know a weekend or a night or whatever out, but not on a consistent basis. I think it is more effective to actually track the proteins, fats, and carbs, or intuitively eat with that macro awareness if you're not tracking just to create that balance. And I truly do believe that proteins, fats, and carbs, the combination of all of them, really do make people function optimally, and they do all have benefits. I'm not about demonizing one of them. I know a lot of people say, this is bad for you, this is bad for you. I'm not really about that. I feel like we can find balance in them. But if you are curious about the difference between calorie counting and macro counting, You can listen to episode 21. That is helpful. And in general, if you think about it this way, when we're talking about calorie counting or macro counting, and you're not trying to intuitively, but you are trying to, you know, track and see what's going on. And let me also say, I don't think that you need, like, as I mentioned before, to track macros forever. But sometimes monitoring what's going in the gas tank helps us realize, oh, there's actually too little food going in my body. I need to eat more food. Or there's too much food going in my body. I need to eat less food. Or there's too little of a protein or a fat or a carb going in my body. So I do think it's effective every so often to take some time and track three days and see what's going on because it's like blindly filling your gas tank. Like you got to look at the thermometer. It's definitely not a thermometer. What's it called? A barometer. Is it called a barometer? Oh, someone's going to write me in and tell me what it's actually called. Whatever the little dingy thing is that takes the gas, you know what I'm talking about. Looking at that helps you know what's going on. So sometimes tracking your food every once in a while helps you realize, I'm under eating, I'm overeating, I'm too low in this, I'm too high in this. And it's not always about cut, 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 cut. So being aware of that helps. Also thinking about, you know, macros, And calories and the difference and being aware of why not to just focus on the calories, you know, long term, as I mentioned, these solutions for when you do take a drink, do kind of focus a little bit more on the calories. But why you don't want to do that every day is because with calorie counting, I could get away with something like eating eight Twinkies in one day, or I could eat like 500 carrots in one day and I could hit the same exact calorie count. But that doesn't mean that is actually what my body needs or that it is helping me with my goals. So macros kind of helps break it down in a smaller level to make sure that it's spread correctly across your food intake properly. All right, so that's it for today. I hope this episode was helpful. I know food labels are tricky. I know it's hard to figure out what to put in your body, but I feel like if we could learn to actually read a label ourselves, not trust the front of the label because realize we're trying to be sold in the nicest way possible. That kind of sounds mean, but let's be honest. Everyone has a brand. They're trying to sell it and actually know how to read the back of it and be like, oh, okay, so this says that it's this, but it actually with the math is actually this. Knowing that is important. Knowing what is in the ingredients list and that if it's sweet potatoes, you better believe sweet potato chips, it should have sweet potatoes in the first like three ingredients. And if it's number eight, put that chip back, pick a different sweet potato chip. That's important. Also understanding the net versus total. I'm not anti-net. I just think it's easier to be consistent and thorough if we track Total, and because of that variation with the gut biome and all of those things, I think just tracking total is easier. And then being aware how to be aware when you decide to have a drink or go out on a night or enjoy a night out with friends or your spouse or just to relax at home totally okay, but just be aware of. You know, the alcohol and that it's not a macronutrient and it does need accounted for in some way if you are tracking. And if you aren't tracking, no big deal, but realize that those are empty calories going in, taking space for things that you actually need, like proteins, fats, and carbs. That's it for today. I hope this episode was helpful. Again, I do put show notes in with links to help you out. You are doing fantastic. I know this was a lot of information, I know I said a lot of numbers. Please feel free to listen to the episode twice. Feel free to write down the numbers if you're a visual learner or click on those links, and hopefully that will help you. I really mean it when I say you are doing better than you think you are. You do not have to be perfect. You do not have to make all these changes at once. You do not have to make any changes at all. As long as you just slowly turn in the right direction where you are dealing with trying to build your health and moderately improve to create a lifestyle it's good enough for me and I promise it'll be good enough for you. So you are doing better than you think you are. All right. Till next week.